Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to this episode. I am delighted to have our guest here with us today, Peggy McCall. Peggy, welcome to the show. We're happy to have you. Thanks, Jen. Great to be here with you. Yeah, I'm excited. So let me tell you a little bit about Peggy and just a little bit because her bio will be in the show notes. You'll be able to look at everything that she's done in her life, but she is a world-renowned wealth, business, and manifestation expert, as well as a New York Times bestselling author of Your Destiny Switch, Master Your Key Emotions and Attract the Life of Your Dreams. In addition to that, she has recently released another book called Savvy Wisdom. And so we are so excited that you are here to share with us your wisdom about, you know, you cracking through glass ceilings in your life. Love that. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it's it's really fun. Yeah. So, you know, unfortunately I don't have the book in front of me because I have it digital, but I, you know, I had the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I love that it's purple. Those are my colors too. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's actually a Christian thing for me, but anyway, so I love that, you know, I had the opportunity to read the book last night and, you know, I loved the storyline and, you know, I love talking to you just a few minutes ago, you know, in the green room, as we talked about who the actual characters were, right? Of course, I had the sense that it was you. But before we get into the actual book, and I know that that's a a time in your life and something that you learn, but I want to kind of go back and just go behind the curtains to give us some context of where everything started for you. Did it truly start in the book? And this was sort of your, you went back and said, you know, I think I need to tell that whole story all over because I know you do a lot of things that we'll explore, but but kind of take us back to some of the context of where you are, you know, what has brought you to today. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Jen. You know, when I think back to when I first was exposed to personal development, exposed sounds like a dirty word, doesn't it? I know. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> for personal development, I was a young girl. I was 19 years of age. And I was working for a company in Toronto, Ontario. I was born and raised in Toronto, even though I now live in Ottawa. And the company I was working for had hired a keynote speaker to do a kickoff event. And we were told, it was like mandated, you must go to this meeting. And I was thinking, but it's evening. It's my time. Like, forget it. And I didn't want to go. So being a little bit of a rebel, I was thinking, well, I'm just going to go to the meeting. I'm going to find a seat in the back of the room. And my first chance, I'm out of there. I'm going to bolt out that door and head home. And so I got to this room and it was being held at a big ballroom at a hotel downtown Toronto. And I got to the ballroom and I'm looking around. It was packed full and I'm looking for a seat in the back and it it was full in the back. And this woman was at the front of the room and she's waving people in. And waves me in like, come on, come on, come on, let's go. We're going to get this show started. And she seats me right in the front center. Oh, my gosh. Because everyone else had the same feeling you did. I'll just sit in the back. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They weren't all enthusiastic. Woohoo, let's go. Right. 
until, you know, until the speaker came on the stage and the speaker was Bob Proctor and he started to speak. And I'm quite certain I sat there like this, hanging open going, what? Like, seriously, if I want my life to change, I have to change. And he quoted Vernon Howard, who said that if you find yourself in a prison or hang on a second, why? That's odd that I don't remember that quote. <laughs> I have I have those moments on this podcast all the time. So don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, um, you can't escape. Like if you find yourself in a, if you don't know you're in a prison, you can't escape. Like you have to know you're in a prison if you want to escape. And the whole idea was, I didn't even realize I was in one because I wasn't taking any responsibility for my miserable life. And as you know, from Savvy Wisdom in the beginning, there's a young girl named Sophie who goes to a park to kill herself. And that was me. I mean, I really had no will to live. That's, you know, dark, as dark as they get. And I was raised in a very abusive environment. We were very poor and it was dysfunctional. And so I'm not complaining. It was a blessing. I see the blessing now, but didn't I? Right. So that that's really where it all started, where Bob Proctor really opened up my consciousness to possibilities. And at the end of that evening, he offered everyone in the room an opportunity to work with him further. In other words, invest in his program, which I did. And then that was it. I became an addict, an addict for personal development. And that was 42 years ago. It was a long time ago now. Yeah. Yeah. So now I know, you know, in the book, there's a love interest for Sophie. Is that really what took you to the point of contemplating suicide? Was that the straw on the camel's back? Is that, I'm looking for how much of the book was truth and how much was fantasy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to tell you, you know, anything and everything about the book. And so that is exactly what happened. Now the name was changed in the book. In the book, you know, that in the beginning, you know, Sophie had her eye on this other guy, the brother. Right, right. And then went with, with her brother. That's yeah, true. Yeah. That was true. And the guy that I ended up with, I should send him a copy, actually, because I think he'd probably be surprised. I don't think he ever knew that. Wow. <laughs> I don't yeah. think he ever knew that I really liked his brother. Right, and, right. But I ended up dating him only because he was giving me attention, right? But right. I fell in love with him. He loved me. And no one had ever said, I love you. And right. no one ever right. in yeah. my life. So can you imagine you get to this point in your life where this person really loves you? And I, you know, it was a a dysfunctional relationship as well because I was, you know, I repeating. Right. It was repeating. Exactly. And I tied my identity up to him. So when the 12th, we went out all through high school. So in the 12th grade, when he ended our relationship, I was devastated. Like seriously, I have goosebumps thinking about it because all I just wanted to die. I really wanted to die. And so that's how that started. Yeah. And I think coming from that type of, I mean, I came from a very similar background, you know, and I think that, you know, I mean, I know that my parents loved me, but they didn't verbally say it. And they certainly didn't physically show emotion and that type of thing. I know they loved loved me, but we used to say that, you know, they loved me from a distance. Like (laughs) they would tell me from a distance that they love me. And so I certainly can understand the the draw to someone who does show attention and, and, and to cling on to that relationship. You know, right. I, I felt that for many years myself, you know, and so, yeah, so I think that's pretty interesting. So, you know, you spend a lot of time with Bob, you know, years and years and years and, 
And of course, the book ends, you know, at a certain period of your time. It doesn't show everything from that period forward, you know, now of all the things that you're doing. So what other glass ceilings have you broken through? And, And again, these aren't for us being women or being financial, but all the ceilings that we break through, what other ceilings or trials did you have throughout your life that you were able to use what you learned from Bob or Savvy in the book to be able to overcome and continue to grow? Well, the, the first one that came to mind, there's a bunch of them, but the first one that came to my mind was writing Savvy Wisdom. That actually was a ceiling that I broke through. See, I had created a, a program last year that I started to deliver called Skipping Levels, which is about yeah. quantum leaps. And I, I was teaching it to my clients. And I had this intuitive hit on November 1st, 2020 to write Savvy Wisdom. Now, normally what I would do is I'd push it away. Like yeah. I would allow the paradigms because the paradigms, all, the, which are your belief systems, start showing up. Right. So the, one first. Up, the first one that showed up for me was, well, you write nonfiction. I had 18 previous books and all were nonfiction. And I didn't write them all. I had ghostwriters write some of them. Yeah. Or I'd, yeah. I'd have my course materials become a book and become yeah. for books. Some of them I actually did sit down and write. And so the thought of writing a parable, like yeah. a fiction book, it was like, yeah. oh, you don't have the talent for that. <laughs> and then Jen, I had the thought immediately, well, maybe I'll hire a ghostwriter. And I thought, no, I don't want to hire a ghostwriter again. I've hired ghostwriters before. I want it to be authentically my voice comes through me. Not to right. say a ghostwriter doesn't do authentically your voice. Right. because Oh, they, they do. <laughs> yeah, a good one will they do. do. They do. Yeah. But I just felt compelled to write it. And so then then the other thought that followed that one was, well, you're not a great writer. And then I said, it's like a dialogue going on, right? In yeah, my head. right. So then, then I said, well, how's that going to serve you? Well, it's not. So how about you turn it into a belief that you are a, a great writer and believe that. And not only are you a great writer, you're going to write a great book. So I decided to hold on to really great expectations. Yeah. And so I decided I'm going to live in the expectancy of the best. And yeah. so I shift my thinking and I gave myself 10 days to write the book. Now, this is kind of fascinating. I didn't know what the book was going to be called. I didn't know right. what Sally's name was going to be. I knew right. that I, Sophie, the character was going to meet this wise gentleman, yeah. uh, white gentleman. And of course, I was going to base it on the study of or what Bob has taught me over the years. So when I started to write, I didn't know where it was going to go or what was going to happen. I knew how it was going to start with a suicide, you know, part. Right. Thing. And I just let it go. So that whole experience was a definite glass ceiling breakthrough experience. And when I got to the ninth day, I had finished writing it, except for the final letter from Savvy to Sophie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I came in my office on Monday morning and I felt this intuitive nudge, ask Bob to write it. Oh, yeah. So I reached out to him. And he was actually had just checked into a conference center near where he lived. He didn't, he hasn't flown either for a year. And so Bob checked into this conference center. He was working on a brand new program. And he said, he got the email at 1034. He replied within one minute and he said, absolutely. He felt drawn, like he's highly intuitive as well. And that night he read it and he said he couldn't stop thinking about it. And he's in love with the book, of course. And he wrote the letter at the end. So that was a glass ceiling. Oh, and I imagine that was very, very emotional for you when you received it. It was, you know, I, I yeah. uh, had a number of experiences of shedding tears or releasing tears. Yeah. 
And, and I think to some degree, and I'm certain you can relate to this too, when you go back and you write from a perspective of when you were in that emotional pain. Uh, you, you are in the emotional pain. Yeah, you connect to it. Yeah. And so I was talking to a friend about it and I said, oh my goodness, I've been in tears so many times since Happy Wisdom was written. And she says, well, it's just a releasing. It's a releasing of it the is. energy yeah. is all it is. And so, and Bob and I, we, I went to his studio on the 19th of December, which was my birthday. And I brought, I baked him blueberry muffins. Remember in the book, how yeah. Sophie brought muffins and coffee yep. in the park. Yep. Yep. So I baked these wonderful blueberry muffins. I went to Starbucks and then I went over to Bob's house and we recorded the book in audio audible.com oh, nice. available now. Yeah. But what so, was so is he in the book then recording his voice and yeah. oh fun. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. I and love I that. A, you know, one of the, yeah, the, the napkin embroidery. So when I got to his place and I brought the muffins and everything, we invested the day together recording it and having so much fun. But he was so emotionally touched. Mm -hmm. It was really sweet to see. I mean, he's a beautiful man, you know, inside and out. He's just got a beautiful heart. So it was it was a fun experience to record it with him. <laughs> so yeah. A magical yeah. experience as well. That's nice. That's nice. And I know that that's a breakthrough all by itself, you know, is, it is. being vulnerable to that particular story, because, you know, we know that when people see people like you and, you know, others that are, you know, on stage and have podcasts and whatever we see them, we, we have a grading system. It's just natural that we do that. And we say, Oh, they're, they're this, they're great. They're great. But no one has seen them in those lower stages. And it's harder. It's hard for us to go back and be vulnerable to it. But I think it rises all tides, you know, when you can do that and, you know, it's very, it's a good relief and it's a good growth for you. I imagine your growth. I can tell you from experience, my growth, you know, was exponential when I released that, that story of my childhood and how horrible it was and all the things. And it was such a, such a release and it took, not took, but the growth was over a period of two years. It wasn't just, I wrote it and it's done and it's good. Now I've got it out vulnerable. The growth just kept going and going and going exponentially. So this tide that you're on or this ride that you're on or tsunami that you're on is just going to be incredible over the next, you know, couple of years again, more than you ever thought, you know, even before, which I think is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I sometimes just say that because Bob yeah. sent me a text one day and he said, I remember many years ago, he was not in the business. So we're going back well over 60 years. He said, I was working in a bar and he said, I was sweeping the floor and there was a TV on in the corner and Tommy Dorsey show was on. I remember my parents used to watch that show. Mm -hmm. And he said, Tommy Dorsey came on and he announced this new singer named Elvis Presley. <laughs> and Bob says, I was standing there. He said, I stopped. He said, I dropped my broom because he felt this head to toe whoosh. That yeah. guy's really big. He just knew it. Right. He said, I knew it as soon as I saw it. And he said, when he held this in his hand, savvy wisdom in his hand, he, he said, felt, felt it. He says, I felt it. And he says, there's only one other time that that occurred for me in my life, other than the Elvis Presley story. And he said, that was when the very first DVD of The Secret had arrived. Oh, at yeah, yeah. And he said, I held it in my hand. And he said, it was like this wave of energy. Yeah. Three times in his life, he said he felt it with savvy wisdom. And he sent, Bob will send me texts. He'll say, your husband married, right? <laughs> 
his wife is going to be so rich. And he says, like, just he, like fasten your seatbelts. In other words, like, get ready. This is going to be the biggest book you've ever released. And so that was pretty exciting to see that. So I'm going to hold on to Bob's yeah. belief and savvy wisdom. Oh, yeah. Well. Yeah. Sometimes that's what you have to do. Sometimes we have to do is like hang on to someone else's belief to pull us out of the mud. Right. And I right. think I think that's a, you know, really important thing thing as well. So I want to ask you you know, now what drives you, if we go back, to, I want to go back. I don't, I want to, I don't want to give away the whole book because it is a short read. Well, at least yeah. for me, it was, <laughs> right? right? It was a short yeah, read. It is. Yeah. Cause I, I just read so doggone fast, but the, I want to talk about one of the acronyms that you talk about in there. And I'm going to let you choose which acronym you think is most powerful and we'll leave the other two for people to read. <laughs> how about that? Okay, so, sure, so having sure. said that, what do you think is your favorite acronym or one that you'd like to talk about, about how you created in this journal that you were writing these acronyms to help guide you through your day? Okay. What do I want to write about? It's funny. You said you, you didn't feel like you were a great writer, right? And so what you did is came up with a mechanism to help you be a great writer, which was all these, right. these acronyms. So of the yeah. three, Let's talk about one of them. Uh So which acronym would you like to talk about to share with our our listeners? Gimme. G-I-M-Y. The first one. Interesting. I thought you were going to go with a different one, but I like it. I like it. Yeah. Well, I was. I I was actually thinking of Willie, but then Gimme Gimme pushed Willie aside and said, no, me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So Gimme is G-I-M-Y. So everybody knows. Yeah. You know, it's probably Gimmel is what it should be, but I just yeah. put the Y on to make it fun. And as Sophie did in, in the book, yeah. and this is really how, how Savvy or Sophie, well, Savvy got Sophie to, to look at things differently because she was suicidal. And regardless of whether you're suicidal or not, or just in a dark place or feeling disillusioned or frustrated, this is COVID, you're in the COVID cocoon and you're feeling like, is this ever going to end? Right. Right, right. It's exactly. It's, you know, what's great in my life. I remember one day, not that long ago, Bob called me one day and he said, how's, how's, he always calls me Sophie now, right? How's yeah, Sophie yeah, I imagine you go, hey, Savvy. <laughs> exactly. I text him, Savvy, text me, Sophie. So we've started this thing. So he called me one day, how's Sophie doing? And I said, I'm doing great. And he goes, no, you're not. I said, what do you mean? No, I'm not. Like, how do you know? And he goes, I can tell what's going on. Yeah. And it's like, oh boy. And I, I was, it, it was something in my business. It was with staff, right. With some right. of my employees. And I was, you know, trying to figure something out. And he said, he said, okay, I want you to stop right now and sit down and write down 10 things that you're is great in your life. <laughs> and text them to me right now. Yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah. okay, so sit down. And it was really the gimme example that I wrote of in savvy wisdom, you know, what's great in your life. Peggy. So I did that and it changed how I was completely calm and relaxed after that. I like, I'm a very sensitive person and I deeply care about people and I just want harmony everywhere all the time. (laughs) It's just not the way it is. Right. When it's not, it's frustrating. Yeah. It's really frustrating because you think, you know, what am I doing that I'm not relaying what I need? And yeah. So G I M Y is great in my My life. life. Even mm-hmm. though it's not an L, and I, I did pick that up in the book. I kept going, how come I, especially when we got to savvy, 
or, yeah. you know, it's his, right. Cause I was like, wait a minute, Beliefs. but you know, the journal that you created, I want to talk about that for a few minutes with journals because people, there's a lot of people, you know, that are, are in the space of personal development and those that aren't and journaling is just silly stuff. And I think there's some paths that people can take to start journaling. And I, and that's what I liked about the concept of gimme was just, you know, that it can start off easy. It doesn't have to be a big thing. And I remember, you know, one of the pages, I also have a photographic memory. It's awful, but on one of the pages, you know, you just listed what you are, you know, I am, I am grateful. I am this, I am that. And, you know, so give us some advice on how do we start journaling for those that don't believe in journaling and need a way to get started and saying, well, I don't really know if I want to write a diary about myself. What are some pieces of advice you could give them on how to do it and when to do it? Right. And when, right, because right. everyone's so busy. Right. Best time to do it is first thing in the morning, like absolute best time. As soon as you wake up and I, I have a gratitude journal, call it, give me, call it whatever you want. Yeah. And uh, as soon as I wake up, I'll grab it right out of my top drawer, right beside my bed. And I just start to write down what I'm grateful for in my life. There's two times a day that are the best times to do this. One is the first thing in the morning. And the second time is just before you drift off into sleep. Because whatever you're thinking about as you're drifting off into sleep, and I know I wrote about it in Savvy Wisdom, is literally going to show up in your life 66% of the time. So you definitely want to be focusing on things that cause you to feel good. But at nighttime, I don't journal. What I do at nighttime is I just ask myself a question. You know, Now that my dream life is fulfilled or now that I'm living my dream life, how do I feel? And that's how I drift off into sleep. But start by journaling in the morning. It's also a great thing to do with children. I My son has grown up now. He has a, a baby on the way and, and a oh, nine-year-old. Yeah. And my nine-year-old grandson uh, started a gratitude journal as well. And he's being bullied in school by a couple of girls, strangely enough. Wow. And, um, you know, he's nine and it hurts. You know, he's a very sensitive young man, a sweet, sweet, sweet young man. Oh my God, this little guy, of course, I'm his grandmother. What else am I going to say? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how we are with our grandkids. I know they're That's all right. perfect. And they're absolutely perfect. Yeah. But he started journaling in the morning too at nine or just writing what he's grateful for, mm -hmm. what he's grateful for, regardless of what's going on. What is he grateful for? So, and it's simple to do. It's quick. You don't have to write down 10 things. You could just write down you a couple of Pull things. it. Yeah. Just yeah, pull it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do you see journaling and writing down what you're grateful for as uh, different from prayer? Because prayer to me, I mean, it's really important in my life, right? You know, for prayer for me, it would be just saying that I'm grateful, you know, right. thanking God for being, you know, that I'm grateful for yeah. this and I'm grateful for that. So why is journaling so much? Why is it important to put pen to paper when it comes to that? It intensifies the thinking. There were some studies done that said that, you know, because you take a pen and you put it on paper, that it actually has a, a greater impact on your consciousness. And it can be a form of prayer. Mm -hmm. Like my uh, statements are thank you, God statements. Yeah. So, right. So I'm sorry. Yeah, instead of I am grateful for bullets, it's thank you, God yeah. for. Yeah. For. Yeah. Right. And, and so to me, it is like a form of prayer. Because it's a prayer of thanks, which I believe is one of the most powerful prayers we can ever make is a prayer of thanks. So, yeah. and I write down things like I do write 10 things. Thank you, God statements every day. I write down things that are in my life right now, like my family, which mm -hmm. is my priority. Number one, always mm -hmm. has been, always will be. And I'll write in my husband, how grateful I am. I've been happily married now for many years. I love him to the moon and back. 
And I'm so grateful for him in my life. And so I write down things that I have now. I'm grateful yeah. for my business, I'm grateful to serve. But then I write down things as if they're in my life now that are goals. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I write them down as if they're already done. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I, and I do that too. I'm, I'm not, it's funny. Both of us are writers, right? But I think five times faster than I can actually scribe. Right. And so for me, bulleting is so much easier for journaling than it is to now, whereas my daughter will write 50 pages a night, all of her thoughts and everything. And and (laughs) it's fine. And it's wonderful that she does it, but I just can't do it. And that's why I asked the question, because I want to make sure that anyone who's listening, you know, doesn't feel like that. Oh my gosh, this painful journaling thing or writing bullet notes that it's the whole spectrums of that. What other advice would you have or counsel would you give to someone on being able to, to get in a, I don't want to say spiritual mode, but in a, in a mindset mode of being able to calm down and quiet themselves down enough to do it. And, and I'm going to kind of preface this with a way that I have actually taught one of my coaching clients because she goes from chaos in her business, mm-hmm. right? I mean, just it being a high strung kind of business to walking in the door and the dog wants her, her husband wants her, the kids want her, the, the meal wants her. She wants to change her clothes and get comfy and everything, everything, the homework wants her, right? Like all this stuff. And she actually didn't have any breathing time in between. And so what we did is said, okay, what if you got pulled into the garage or pulled into the driveway and didn't get out? Yeah. And that was your time to get in, leave work and prepare for coming home by writing down just three, just three (laughs) gratitudes at that moment so that you could have a different time. Right. So what counsel, so that's just one example, but what counsel would you be giving to someone about coming up with ways that they could find the time to do this? Because it's not always feasible in the morning. We're grandmas. It's feasible for us. It's easy. Right, right. But for others, it may not be. So what are some thoughts there? Yeah, you know, I, we're habitual creatures, right? Us humans, and we get into routines. And so to change the routine, it can be a real challenge. So I, you know, I believe that because we're habitual, it can serve us, but it's also creates these challenges of changing the routine. So what I suggest is just tell your family, like I'll tell my husband, I said, honey, I'm going in the other room, I'm going to meditate. Right. And just doors closing, do not disturb signs up. Like I'm in my office now with the door closed. I can hear my husband out there with the doggies. He went out. (laughs) He's back. And he knows, like, I'll I'll just let him know I have the awareness. Right. Yeah. Even we have relatives visiting here. I'm extremely disciplined. I, I have my routines every day. And I'm certain that far more disciplined than most people. I'm not bragging or anything like that. I just, it's the way I am. So in the morning, you know, I do my gratitude journal. I also do visualization. I'll do meditation, a form of prayer as well. I do affirmations. I do mirror work. I come in my office. I read certain things every day. I grab my gold journal. I do my my affirmation writing every day. I listen to my Power Life script every day, you know, as you read in, in Savvy Wisdom. And so those are my habits. And so my family is aware. So like my sister was visiting this weekend. And when she's here, she's just simply aware that, you know, I'm not racing to put the coffee on until I've done my prayer. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just a part of my process. And I think the more you let other people, especially, you know, who you live with, who are under the same roof, know and 
honor, ask them to, well, you're not asking permission whatsoever because the way that you communicate it is just with confidence and with love. Like these are the things that I'm involved with. I think that can definitely help you. And I also established a way of becoming more disciplined by creating a daily discipline checklist. I had started that process many years ago because I have discovered that at this point in my life, the best thing that I've done to create the success that I enjoy is by disciplining myself. Mm-hmm. And so yes. I started by deciding, okay, what are the things that I'm going to do every day? And it could be just a couple things. You're obviously yeah. into habits of that. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. And I just did this in a Word document at first. And then I had these really nice cards made up yeah. that I hand out at my events. Yeah. And so that way, like anyone who has a list, a shopping list, whatever, you're going to check it off. Yeah. You know, as yeah. Yeah. It's a rhythm. Yeah. Creating that rhythm. Yeah. I do that through Darren Hardy. Every living your best year ever. I have, you know, I have my journal every day that I work with, you know, in with him. And it's all about the rhythm that you're trying to create that rhythm and whatever habit you're trying to, you know, positive habit you're trying to create. So I think that's beautiful. Yeah. And I love that you shared it. So for those of you that are listening and not watching the YouTube, you want to go in and watch the YouTube because she's holding up a card that shares you know, how she kind of writes out that, that rhythm card and, you know, creates that, those wonderful rhythms. The last question I want to ask you is we kind of just kind of end up, not the last question, but the last thing I want to talk about before we, we start heading into winding down is the thought behind limiting beliefs. And I'm not going into the acronym or anything, but just the thought behind limiting beliefs. I know that you talk about this a lot in a lot of your courses, right? A lot of your courses, you know, in really overcoming limiting beliefs to what I call, I always say climbing to new altitudes, right? Like how how do we climb to higher altitudes and get rid of these limiting beliefs? Do you have any strategies on through meditation or through scribing, whatever it may be, that help us overcome the limiting belief and create a trigger so that when, when that limiting belief rears its ugly head, we squash it? right? Some very sophisticated words here, but when it comes up, you can tell I'm a grandma because my vocabulary has changed, (laughs) but you know, so as it rears its ugly head that we have the opportunity to push it back down and and trigger and say, no, you're not going there with me. I'm moving forward. I'm not looking back. I'm moving forward. What are your strategies for helping people overcome limiting beliefs? I think that's one of the most important questions I've ever been asked, to be honest. It's a great question. And a lot of people, you know, invest lots of time with really thinking about their limitations. And here's what I suggest. Sit down and figure out what is it you'd love to be experiencing, doing, having in your life. Sit down and figure that out. Like really make some decisions on that. Because in order to get those things or accomplish those things, you have to believe other things because you haven't accomplished it in the past. So I approach it from a perspective of just imagine a a plain sheet of paper with a line down the middle. And so on one side, you would write down, these are the things that I would love. And on the other side, you write down, what is it I need to believe in order to have that? Mm. Because when when we talk, like Jen, you and I were talking about our, our childhood, one of my beliefs that I had before, a limiting belief that I had was that I wasn't worthy of love. Now, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you, my parents never said, I love you. We weren't huggy, okay. huggy, kissy, you know, like yeah. I, I smother my grandson. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I have to go out of my way and consciously do it by the way. Oh yeah. I'm telling him all the time. I love you. I love you. I love you. love yeah. you. He is fine in his bedroom. You are so loved. I tell him all the time. You're so loved because, and he knows it. He knows he's loved in a, in a big yeah. way. 
And so if you sit down and you think about, okay, what would I love and what do I need to believe? And then that set of belief systems can become affirmations. It can become, you know, something that you're become part of your power life script. If you script it, like create audios and listen to them every single day, because they have to be built. Then they don't get built like Rome wasn't built in a day. Same thing with our belief systems. The belief systems that we have now were built over time. And the new belief systems must be built over time. And that's where you can discipline yourself to build them. Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's funny. My that reminded me of my husband. He said, "Why do we call them buildings? Why don't we call them belts?" <laughs> Dude, he's a smart guy, right? Well, because I think what you have to do is you have to be you you have to be in the process of building, you know, the the new belief, right? Building the right. new belief so you can get to the point where it's built, right? It's not it's you know, and and being in that kind of middle ground is not fun. And that is the transformation that that you're going through. And the fact that you actually are in that transformation is a good sign that you have to finish the work. Yes. You have to finish the work. And I will tell you that I was in a, a limiting belief of worthiness, not of love, but I was told I was not going to be worthy, that I would amount to nothing. And uh-huh. so I was in that quandrum for many, many years many years. I, I didn't believe it. I didn't want to believe it, but I, I sure was in there believing it. And it wasn't until about a couple of years ago that I finally came out of it. And now anytime it rears its ugly head, I have a trigger to say, mm-mm, nope, mm-mm, not going there because it's not ever gone, gone. You have, it's always going to rear its head, but I love your advice on that, you know, writing it out. And so again, writing it out and saying what I believe and what I want, right? Or what I want and what I, what do I need to believe in order to have, what do I need to believe in to get there? Exactly. And the triggers I use are anytime I get off track is just ask myself a question and it could be an empowering question. And now that this is done, how does that feel? Or it could be, what would I really love right Mm -hmm. now? And that just, you know, I use questions and it's instant, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Well, thank God. I I kind of think it's almost hypnotic. But I didn't go to a hypnotist to make it happen, but it's almost hypnotic. It's just, you know, once that happens, it's so easy to not go circle the drain, circle the drain and go into the depth of it. It's so easy to just say, "Uh uh-uh, no, 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 no. On we go, you know? So if we want to open the door with you, if someone wants to open the door with you, what is the best way for them to open the door with you and start working with you? If we went to your website, for example, because you have a lot of different classes there, what is the best thing that someone could do if they want to overcome limiting beliefs and really, really find themselves? You know, I have discovered from being a student of these materials for 42 years now is that it is a daily practice. So it's it's a lifetime commitment. I really believe it is. Yeah. And that, that's the reason why I created Skipping Levels, which is my serious student. I call it the serious student program because I'm a serious student. Right. Really, so anyone that's interested in taking their life to a whole new level. Plus, I put everything on my website. Anything new I'm working on, it's it's yeah. going up on the website. I created a new program last week. It went up on the website. So pretty much everything is on PeggyMcCall.com. I also have a couple team members that take discovery calls. If someone's not sure, I don't know, should I go in this program, that program, or whatever? Right, like, right. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, because there's so many to offer. It's like, how do you know which one is the best one? Yeah. Uh, and we have support. I have a team yeah. 
people that respond to, we get those emails every day. I'm not sure which program I should be in. I'm an author. I have the complete author program. I also do a program with Phil Goldfine, who's a Hollywood producer, Academy Award winning producer and called Getting in Hollywood. By the way, Savvy Wisdom is being made into a movie. Oh, so, there you go. Awesome. Yeah, Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. That's all. Oh, that's awesome. And that is proof in the pudding, right? That's walking the walk of your book of saying, you know, believe it's already there. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that. Well, Peggy, is there anything that you'd like to leave us with today? Is there a quote? Is there a thought that you would like to leave us with so that we, when we hang up, we think, mm, this is what it's yeah. all about. I would say it's this one, the one that's on the handkerchief from the beginning of Savvy Wisdom. If you want your life to change, you must change. Not, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It's right. just that we have an opportunity every day for our life to get better and better and better for us to serve people. And I suspect like you, Jen, you know, I do what I do because I love I love the work because it's changed my life. But right. I'm always working on me. Always working on me. And I'm helping other people work on themselves too. So I think that if you just continue to work on yourself, because it's the best investment you can ever make. I love that. I love that. It's absolutely true too, because that's the only way we're going to continue to grow. And, you know, and it's so easy to get stagnant and it's so, so easy to be pulled down from what's happening in, in the pandemic and that things have changed. And it's so easy to do that. So I appreciate you coming on and bringing that to the forefront and shining a light on it so that we know. And so I want to recognize you for that and, and say, thank you so much for sharing that with us and for being here on the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you. So thank you so much for being here with us today. Well, thank you, Jen. I just love it. Any opportunity to share, help another, I'm totally there. So I really appreciate you. I'm with you, you sister. I'm with you on that. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> with you. Well, again, I want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings. And we hope that you are leaving here with an aha, a great aha that will change your life, whether you're doing a gratitude journal, whether you are working on your limiting beliefs and overcoming them, or whether you go out and get, and you should get savvy wisdom and support Peggy in her efforts to share this with everyone else so that you can overcome anything that's happening in your life to realize all that beautiful success that you had always dreamed about. So I'll see you next time on the show. Take care. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.